0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jim Schaller. Hey, good day, good neighbors. Uh, today we have Mark Lauren from Mark Lauren Designs with us. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure, Jim. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll jump right on in. Why don't you share a little bit about uh, Mark Lauren Designs and what you guys are about? Well, thanks. We're, we're actually
1: approaching our 40th anniversary of being in business. And what we do is we do custom design, one-of-a-kind jewelry, as, real, as well as repair. So the, now we're about doing the same. We do uh, also other types of renovation work on people's fine jewelry and their heirlooms. So we've got a pretty large staff compared to this type of business. And um, we have a lot of fun with what we do. That's that's great.
0: That's that's half the battle right there is enjoying what you do and loving what you do. So, uh, how did you get into the jewelry business? It's an interesting, uh, interesting industry per se.
1: Well, a lot a lot of people ask me that, and it's um, I started in high school. High school art class when I was a freshman, you're required as a prerequisite at the school I went to to take art as one of your prereqs, and I really enjoyed it. And they moved us around in different disciplines in art and I really connected with metalsmithing and sculpture. So when I became a sophomore, they let you pull more classes like college based on what you enjoyed doing. And um, while art was no longer a prerequisite, I kept going in with art classes and science classes. I also enjoyed science quite a bit and um, had some teachers luckily who had some jewelry manufacturing background and they encouraged me. And then when I got closer to being a junior and senior, I was taking some, evening classes at the local community college and Indian silversmithing and things like that, and wow. really enjoyed it. It was such a great process as well. And then the difficult part became when I graduated high school, do I go into pre-med because I really wanted to be an eye surgeon as well, or do I continue with the jewelry thing? And I didn't really know how to continue with the jewelry thing, so it was a bit of an investigation. Well, there you go.
0: Either way, you're affecting the eye. See, it's, it's visually or helping people see. It's That's great. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, I was an, I was an art major myself, but uh ended up getting into sales. So it's a little, little bit different past, but um it is an interesting industry. Um it, it allows you to use your creativity. Um you know you do all your kind of you, you come up with all your designs and, and everything internally there, correct?
1: Well, we do about 60% of the inventory that's in the showcases is ours, and we've created it with our talented team here. And the other 40% is a mix between friends of mine who are designers and manufacturers sending work to us to sell for them, as well as consignment pieces that we take in from clients that are looking to sell a particular piece that we think is worthwhile. So we offer those pieces to our clients as well. Very nice. Very nice.
0: Now, are you seeing any types of trends in the industry? Anything people are? Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah. There's a lot of trends going on right now. It's probably one of the most exciting times in the jewelry industry as well as the retail jewelry industry. We've got lab-grown diamonds that's coming on really strong and in the background is creating quite uh, controversy in our industry. We've got natural diamond miners who are saying that lab diamonds are not as good a product and meanwhile the the public is really dictating it and they love the product so we last year we sold probably 60 percent lab grown diamonds which are real diamonds the only distinction is they are made in the lab or factory as distinct from coming out of the dirt which are mine diamonds and other trends we're seeing too is a lot of the kids a lot of the newer generation um, they don't really want their parents china and silver and collectibles and a lot of their jewelry they don't want as well so we're having folks bringing that into us and saying what do i do my kids don't want this how do i value it how do i get rid of it so we're doing a lot of that type of consulting
0: so so you're repurposing some of that jewelry or
1: yeah it's a good point jim we're, we are repurposing it so what we'll do is when someone dumps a box on the table We'll actually separate it. We'll say, okay, these things probably aren't going to do anything, but we should put them in the melt pile, the scrap pile. And then there's things that we should save that we can take apart and redesign. The gemstones are beautiful, but the style is passe. It's not a classic style. And then there's some things that we think could be resold at auction that that are nice. They're beautifully made. Maybe not for our clients, but at a proper auction that's got the right client base tuning in. So we separate those things out and we give people options
0: very nice very nice so, so i guess kind of transitioning a little bit um you know we, we've we all kind of had challenges or maybe struggles through our life uh was there one particular one that maybe stood out that kind of made you who you are today
1: Oh, well, there's been a couple one one was a really uh that that made me much more of a sentimentalist if i can make that distinct we we had a, a lovely couple come in a mother and a daughter and um her mother was a child during World War II and she was her, her family was rounded up in Paris and sent to Auschwitz. And when she was separated from her mother, she tore a button off of her coat. And that was the last she ever saw of her mother, her family. Um, she kept the button and she made it through the war and she got out of the, the camp. And so her daughter was there with her, and it was pretty emotional for all of us as she's telling the story. And they they open up this little box with this button in it, and they want to make a piece of jewelry out of it. And most jewelry stores would probably say, well, that's it's not worth making something out of. It's not precious. It's not this. It's not that. But the sentimental value of that to her mom was incalculable. So we wound up creating a beautiful little platinum and diamond pendant so her mom could wear that every day and keep that close to her heart. And that started us on a different path of sentimental pieces. And now it's interesting because we see out in the jewelry industry, a lot of sentimental sayings and bracelets that have empowering statements on them, sentimental pendants that are not like charms anymore, but are touchstones for people that whether they've got a loved one's ashes or a photograph, we use laser technology to put a photograph on metal. There's a lot of that happening that we really were introduced to over 30 years ago as a shift in our business, although we still do a lot of work with fine rubies and sapphires and emeralds and diamonds, people bring things into them that aren't necessarily what we would say precious in the dollar sense, but are incredibly valuable in a sentimental sense. And we work with those things. And that's,
0: that's beautiful. That's to build that connection and build something for somebody. It's It's uh, not necessarily a tattoo, but it's (laughs) It's no. And and the other thing
1: that was momentous for me, I would say, on the other spectrum was in 08 when the market crashed. I'd been through a couple of economic downturns before in business, but 08 was particularly interesting in trying to keep my business together, trying to hang on when everybody kind of essentially closed their wallets and kind of hunkered down. And fortunately, we had such a strong service shop and work studio here, we could assist people by repairing their jewelry, taking their gold scrap in to pay for work they were doing or designs or pieces they wanted to buy. So being a small company, we were able to pivot pretty quick to what we found could help bring dollars in the door and keep us stable.
0: That's, that's great. That's great. I mean, there's a lot of businesses out there that, that struggle with that same scenario and, and didn't pivot, you know, and and they're sure. to close the doors. Um, you know, so you do, you're doing the right things. Um, how did you get to fly? I don't think you're from Florida originally. Um, how did what, what brought you down here?
1: No, I originally was, um, I was born in Chicago and I worked out in the Chicago suburbs. I was trained on the North shore of Chicago with a really amazing custom goldsmith and, uh, was working for a retail store that had five stores in the Chicago suburbs, all in the nice suburbs. And I would go to a different store every day as the designer and head goldsmith on staff. And I would meet with clients and I was really enjoying it. But uh, And I was pretty young, um, but I didn't like the weather. The weather was pretty horrible. And I had been interviewing out in California, and I was getting ready to accept a position with a goldsmithing studio in Lake Tahoe when my employer informed us that he was opening a new store in Fort Myers, Florida. And I immediately shot my hand up and said, I'm very interested in going, um, but I've never been down there. And he said, well, go stay in one of my condos on Sanibel and check it out and see if you like the area. And I remember my girlfriend and I at that time came down and I'm walking the beach on Sanibel, and I'm going, oh my God, this is this is paradise. What am I doing in Chicago? So right. we came down for myself and a few other folks came down for what was to be about a year of opening up the new store in the bell tower when they built the bell tower. And it wasn't going that well. And the marketing for the bell tower wasn't that great, and there just wasn't the traffic that was needed to keep that store financially stable. So he sold the store and wanted to bring the whole staff back to Chicago. But I decided to stay because I'd met so many amazing people and also some amazing pioneer families from Fort Myers that kind of welcomed this Yankee kid and uh, was able to slowly start to build my business from there.
0: Yeah, interesting. I'm from Chicago, too. I, I, I share the same sentiment. I'm not a fan of the weather. Um, no. I go up there during the summer and it's still too cold for me.
1: <laughs> it's a nice place to visit. Exactly,
0: exactly. Once in a while, and then come back down here. Love it down here. Um, Me too. So, so outside of you know the, the jewelry business and work, what kind of things does, does Mark enjoy doing?
1: Well, we do a lot of uh, philanthropic work as well in the community, so that dovetails really nicely into the folks that we know, um, the clients that we know, so you get to not only have these wonderful amazing clients but also the relationships with these different charities that are out to improve our community and make it a better place to live so a lot of my spare time is spent out and about meeting people working with different charities with their missions particularly and a lot of, one of the things that people don't realize is even though i'm in the jewelry business and we work with these amazing real gems and Precious Stones, the real gems are my clients, the relationships with my clients and the different organizations in the community that we work with. And that's where the joy is for me. But I, I have so many different hobbies, Jim. I mean, I do a lot of fun stuff. I I'm, would never be bored if I went into retirement, but I like I like doing what I'm doing. And anything with a racket, anything with a net, anything with the water, um, I do some combat handgun shooting, um, wow. all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: So you're very, very active, and that's that's great. But then active in the community as well, too. And that I think that's important nowadays because there's a lot of businesses that kind of, I'm going to say, lack that connection with the community. Um, but I think it's more important now more now than ever that, you know, we really connect not just with the people around us, but the businesses around us, the local businesses and the people. it's very
1: true, yeah.
0: helps help support them.
1: So, the other thing, too, is that I just spent a lot of time in the gym. I'm pretty much in the gym. Uh, every day, and I've been doing that for over 40 years, and I think one of the things about that is that it allows me to stay in shape to keep my promises and my commitments, not only to my family, but to my staff and to uh, our clients and the different organizations that we've got promises to keep.
0: That's it, and that's great. You know, like I said, staying active but staying healthy as well, too, is, is important, and this is a great state to be able to do that in. You go outside it is, you don't have to worry about
1: to... Uh, slipping on the ice and busting the hip.
0: Exactly or the change in temperatures. But, uh, no, uh, is there, I, I guess to kind of wrap things up here, kind of, um, is there anything else we should know about you or know about Mark Lauren designs that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, we're continuing to do some really amazing one of a kind goldsmithing. We just submitted five pieces to an international competition that I have won before, but it's essentially the Oscars of the jewelry design business. And, uh, Doing quite a bit of that work, but also um, the philanthropic work we're continuing to do because we really are committed to making our community a better place. And luckily, my goldsmiths and my jewelers and the rest of the staff, we all support using our particular talents to make uh, this place a better place to live.
0: That's great. And that's important for everybody. And I appreciate you and uh, being part of the community and giving back like you do. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Um, You have a great day, and we will see you out there soon.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Estero. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to GNPestero.com. That's gnpastero.com or call 239-296-2621.